We've been on a sermon series, God's Promises. Today I want to continue on that sermon series, What to Do When the Storm Rises. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. I, I want everybody to watch these scriptures very carefully. And the same day when the evening was come, so in the evening, what day was it? Let's go back some more and see which day it was. So Jesus is walking with his disciples and Jesus is teaching them. You need to remember that Jesus was talking to them about the kingdom of God and he was comparing it with basic things that they could relate with. So Jesus was teaching. So the Bible says after the teaching that same day, go to verse 35, Jesus said unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Uh, I want everybody to watch the scripture carefully because if I don't lay this foundation, you will understand what I came to preach today. Verse 36. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship and there were also with him other little ships. So Jesus had had a major event and he gave the people instruction to go. And the Bible says there were also with him other little ships so jesus ship was a bigger ship jesus gave them an instruction to go to the other side and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the sea so that it was now full and he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow and they awake him and say unto him master Carest thou not that we perish? The question I want to ask you is, who told them to go to the other side? So, were they in the will of God or they were not in the will of God? So, why is it that if they are in the will of God, they would face a certain storm? The people are in God's will. Yet, a storm arose. When I was going to my, I went to see Bishop Bernardo Giasari at Holiday Inn. He had come to speak for Action Chapel. So, I went to see him, to talk to him. Then I asked him that, sir. I need a prophecy about God's will for who to marry. Because I don't want to make a mistake with a wife. I, I need a wife, but I want it to be purely 100% God's will. He looked at my face and laughed and said, marriage is a mystery. Can I speak to somebody here? He says, marriage is the only mystery that you can hear a name of a person. Mention the name, they will meet. You will lay hands on them. They will fall under the power on their wedding day. It means that God's grace has come on them. You can give specifics and everything. And yet, they will marry. And after two, three years, the marriage will be no more. I said, ah. He said, yes. Because marriage, the fact that you heard a voice of a, a lady's name or you receive a prophecy does not necessarily mean the marriage will work. Because when the storm arises, it is your personal decision whether you want the marriage or not that determines whether you stay in the marriage or not. It has nothing to do with God. Why will a storm arise when they are in the will of God? Number two, Jesus himself was in the boat. How can you tell me that Jesus is in the ship? He sent them. He went with them. How can you tell me you are going with me and yet a storm rises? And it's not just a storm, it's a storm that threatens our life. That we can easily perish. Remember that they were fishermen. So it was not like it was the first time that they were seeing waves. It was not the first time they were seeing storms. They were skilled fishermen. Most of them were. And yet the chief fisherman was the one who went and said I'm perishing. What do you do when everything you believe in is shaking? Because 
Whenever a storm comes, the storm comes to shaking you from your very core. Hallelujah. Storms comes in three ways. Number one, physical storms. Number two, we have emotional storms. And number three, we have spiritual storms. Physical storms, emotional storms, and spiritual storms. Storms challenge our faith and belief in different aspects of our Christian life. So in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 1 to 7, Timothy receives an instruction from his father in the faith, Paul. And look at what he says. He said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Look at how Paul introduces himself. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life. Why will Paul introduce himself that I am, I am, I am Paul, an apostle of God by the will of God, According to the promise of life. Because Paul had had too many life-threatening situations. So he's introducing himself to um, Timothy. And he's saying to Timothy that I am an apostle of Jesus Christ. By the will of God. And it is according to the promise of life. In other words, I'm not dying now. Timothy. Timothy. If you are going through problems, understand that we are called according to the promise of life. In other words, we've been promised life. We may be experiencing some resemblance of death. Things may not be working like the way we expected. It looks like we have been suffocated by life. But Timothy, I am. I. We are called according to the promise of life. Child of God, you are called according to the promise of life. Paul. An apostle of Christ by the will of God. According to the promise of life. Which is in Christ Jesus. It is a promise of life. Brothers and sisters. Every now and then you need to remember. I have been called unto life. The Bible says we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness. Into his marvelous light. What does it mean? We have been called according to the promise of life. In other words. There is a promise of life waiting for us and no matter the life-threatening situations we may find ourselves we will not die we will prevail over the affairs of life somebody say i am called according to the promise of life verse 2 he says to timothy my dearly beloved son grace mercy and peace from god the father and christ jesus our lord i thank god whom i serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without season i have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day why because sometimes when you go through stuff you may think your father is not praying for you faith life church i labor in prayer for you whatever you go through never ever think you're alone in this battle i may not call you i may i may be observing you at a distance you may think i don't know don't be busy if i start calling and telling you the problems you are going through you'll be sure I pray for United. Say, greatly desiring to see you. Be mindful of thy tears. Hear me. Paul is saying, Timothy, I know what you are feeling. I am mindful of your brothers and sisters. I like you to know that you are not alone in this. We are mindful of your tears. We are mindful. Since recalling your tears, I long to see you. That I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith. Child of God, sometimes you can have a sincere faith and yet a storm will hit you. You can actually love somebody and yet you'll be wondering whether you made the right decision or not. Not because you don't love the person. But when you are faced with a storm, 
I was speaking to somebody two weeks ago in my hotel room somewhere. Then the person mentioned the husband's name and said, He's a good man, oh, but. So I smiled. I said, Let's focus on the he's a good man, the but, no, forget about it. The he's a good man, oh, is enough. Because whatever you, you focus on, you magnify. You can be hit with a storm and you would doubt whether you made the right decision, even with your career you know sometimes you can hold on to a sincere faith to live right and yet when the storm hits you you'll be questioning whether it is worth holding on to i've gone through you, you know when people get pregnant and you're looking for a child you know you're happy for them how many of you know that you're happy for them but when you leave you wonder god is it like you don't love me or what did i do wrong someone says sincere faith he says i am mindful of i am reminded of your sincere faith which first live in your grandmother lois and in your mother Eunice, and i am persuaded now lives in you also why is paul speaking like this timothy is discouraged timothy wants to give up on the work timothy is questioning whether his faith is enough have you ever come to a place where you wonder whether i have enough faith or or maybe i need something else is my faith enough is is my prayer enough is my holiness enough why only me because of a child i have to lose my job child of god sometimes you can go through some issues and come into a a vulnerable state and you wonder Uh, and you look into your family and your mother was a christian your father was a christian you you know some of the things i've heard some of the major problems pastors shouldn't go through it what do you do when you're a pastor's daughter your father has been a man of god your grandfather was a catechist your father is a man of god and you have also married and and your marriage is not working and you are not having a child it is not like you are coming from those backgrounds that they say oh what do you do when your mother was on fire for god and yet you are looking for each other you can't child of god see there is a point where we question the integrity of god's word and we wonder like the apostle said carries them not that we are perishing you will come into a point in your christian walk where you will question it the people were in the will of god god was with them how do you feel when that you feel god's presence but things are not working this is the christian life this one this is the reason why we must we must walk along each other we cannot live alone we must walk so that somebody stands with you to encourage you to build our fellowship together we want to be a church of community we are community we we are family we we cannot be alone because when you're alone the devil will whisper things into your ears john edwards says something in his three-point sermon at the age of 18 john edwards wrote his first sermon and in his three-point sermon this is what he said he said if you are a christian bad things will turn out for good in other words being a christian doesn't exonerate you from it he says your good things can never be taken away from you are you getting me and the best things are yet to come three things he said number one is what if you're a christian your bad things will turn to good number two is what your good things can never be taken away from you and number three says and the best things are yet to come it was john edwards who said that uh, are you listening to me why would he say that it means that being a christian does not exonerate you from problems but we are assured by scripture that all things would work together for our good romans chapter 8 
verse number 28. All things will work together. In other words, even the bad things, God has a way of, by his faithfulness, turning it around for your good. So storms will come, but storms will not determine your life. Why? The ultimate purpose of a storm is to make me stronger in the Lord. Jesus rose and said, why are you afraid? It means that the storm was an emotional storm. It hit them. But he wanted them to know his place in their life. When I am with you, you don't have to be afraid. It may look like things may never change. But guess what? I am in the boat. And so things will calm down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Why? Because we are justified by faith. Romans chapter 5 verse 1. We are justified by faith. The Bible says, and being therefore justified by faith, we have peace with God. Hallelujah. It means we are adopted in Christ Jesus. We are adopted. Are you, are you listening to what I'm saying? We are adopted in Christ Jesus. We are adopted. Somebody say I'm adopted. And then we have the Holy Spirit in us. She said he will never leave us nor forsake us. When you have the Holy Spirit in you, God is saying, the storm will come. That's why I put my spirit in you. I put my spirit in you so that you have the spirit of might in the inner man. The externals don't move you. Because you have peace with God. You know, no matter what I go through, I'm coming out victorious. I'm coming out. Brothers and sisters, you are coming out. You know, sometimes when people go through marriages and the first marriage doesn't work, they are afraid of the second. You go through a bad experience, relationship, the person breaks your heart. When you are going for the second one, you are afraid that I better work, man. And so we carry the baggage of the first. I won't let anybody misuse me again. Take advantage. Then you go and you are misbehaving in the relationship. Then that's why like, ah, my kind. You see, what it is is that the conditioning of your mind is making you react to a problem that you must have peace and know that he takes the first, that he may establish the second. So the second will not go like the first. Because when God is in the boat, a wind may come, but you must speak to the wind and calm it. A storm, please write this down, is an unexpected circumstance that invades your life and threatens to overwhelm you. A storm is an unexpected circumstance that invades your life and threatens to overwhelm you. A storm. It's an unexpected circumstance that invades your life and threatens to overwhelm you. That is what a storm is. Number two. A storm is always designed. A storm is always designed to increase your faith. And introduce you to a deeper walk with God. A storm. That's what it's designed for. First, the enemy sends it to overwhelm you. But God permits it. Because he wants to build your walk with him. They were in the will of God. And yet a storm rose. And that was not the only time a storm would rise. Jesus sent them again. This time, he was not in the boat. And yet a storm arose. He went to the mountain to pray. Whilst he was praying, a storm arose against his people. Hear me. You can, you can come into a point where the more you pray, the more challenges you face. He sent them all. They are in God's will. Perfect will of God. Why is a storm designed to increase my faith? Because when you face a storm, please write this down. You come to a point of awareness and recognition that all that you thought was your strength can be shaken. Have you ever got into a storm where you call people and they are not my name before? Uh, 
A storm is designed to let you know that the only person you can fully depend on is God Almighty and not any human being. We look to God. He decides who to help us. There are three types of storms. Number one storm. Circumstantial storms. Circumstantial or? Yes. Storms are grouped into two, three categories. Three categories. We have what? Circumstantial storm. The storm that the people found themselves, it was a circumstantial. That means it was a storm that they had no control over. They were in God's will, but here they were. There was a storm that they had no control over. They had been sent to go to the other side. And while they were pursuing that assignment, a storm arose, beat against the boat. And all their skill sets could not deliver them from it. Someone say circumstantial storm. See, it is those kinds of storms that, that, that everything is, is, is falling apart and you don't know what to do. In public relations, they tell you that silence is the greatest weapon. Because when you are faced with a circumstantial storm and you don't know what to do, you keep quiet. Because the more you talk, the more you implicate and complicate yourself. When you are faced with a circumstantial problem, your best bet is talk to God and not the man. I said what? Because in a circumstantial problem, except you wake God up to cry for you, men cannot help you. We see in the story, he, he, they were all fishermen. They could not help themselves. Remember, look at how the Bible sets the story. He says there were other smaller ships. The smaller ships could not come to help them. Hear me? The people you think they have might may have a smaller strength than what you think you have. Child of God, if you have any need and the issue is big, talk to Almighty God. Because sometimes by the time the issue is reported, it will complicate your case. See, I've made too many mistakes in my life. Two two mistakes. You are not the only one who is at fault. Me too, I've done some. That's why I'm your pastor. The Bible says we serve a, a, a high priest who is acquainted with the feelings of our infirmity. Jesus had similar problems. So, he went in a song. He's God's child. He's, he's both human and divine. And yet, even him in the boat, the devil was not, was not afraid. He came against him. The truth is, you cannot control the wind. You cannot control the rain. You can't control the sea. And you can't actually control even the waves. How do you control a wave? There are some things we... He, see, if you are not careful, we'll be so overwhelmed by life challenges. Child of God, when you are in a circumstantial storm, when you cannot control anything, you must go to your Jesus and wake him up. This one is beyond me. You must, see, see you must come into the, a point where you face the brutal reality that your own strength cannot deliver your victory. Jesus said, go to the other side. What should have been a blessing brought his storm. So the truth is, please listen, and I want to drive home this point. You can be in the will of God and a storm will come against you. So what is a storm? It's those circumstances that sometimes produce helpless and, 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 and hopeless scenarios in your life. See, sometimes you can be so scared about, it, about things that you think you cannot control because, because it's so deep and so devastating. It, it controls your mood. It controls your life. You wonder, God. Number three, the third storm they face. It was a theological storm. This is what makes people backslide. When you face a theological storm, mama, you backslide. 
What is a theological storm? It is that storm that questions whatever you have come to believe in in the Christian faith. It questions it. They say I should pay my tithe. God will open the windows. I pay the tithe. Nothing is happening. In fact, the more I pay my tithe, the more somebody carries my husband away. Hey, it's a theological storm. Can I preach in this place? You see, theological storm means it was a spiritual storm. You are faced with a spiritual storm. Watch this. They walk Jesus and ask him, don't you care? You see, they question whether what they have believed is the truth. You see, theological storm is when you question whether what you have believed about the Christian faith is the truth. All of us will go through it. What do you do when you pray and your mother dies? Sometimes you ask the question, does Jesus care about my loneliness? Does Jesus care about my children? Does he, does Jesus care about, about what I'm going through emotionally? He says, cast all your cares. I've been telling him he's not doing anything about it. Me, I didn't marry. I went to stand on something to leave something to have fallen and broken my hand. You think your story is new. The Bible says there is no temptation that has befallen man, but that, that which is common. For with the temptation, you make a way of escape for you. Christians think that you are the only people who have problems. We pastors too, we get our own. Because see, sometimes when your blessings delay, God does it to see if you can still trust in him. He said to the children of Israel, I, del- I made you go through the desert for 40 years to test what was in your heart. The promises of God are given to help you withstand stormy seasons. But stormy seasons don't last forever. Stormy seasons don't do all. I said stormy seasons don't do all. So what does God say to us when we go through stormy seasons? Romans chapter 8 verse 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present times are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. When we go through storms, it is because a glory must be revealed. You cannot see gold except, except, except you take the dross out of the gold. It has to go through fire so that the, the impurities will come out and then the beauty of the gold will be seen. Are you listening to me? He says in Psalm 9 verse 9 to 10. He says the Lord is a shelter for the oppressed. A refuge in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. Yeah. So, so he says in Psalm 46 verse 1. Psalm 46 verse 1. He says God is our refuge and strength. A helper who is always found in times of trouble. Praise the Lord. Psalm 59 verse 16 says... But I will sing of your strength and proclaim your loving devotion in the morning. So when I go through a storm, I must sing of the strength of God. Peter recognized the strength of Jesus, so he went to call him. And when Jesus said, why are you afraid? How long will I be with you? In other words, recognize that I am there and I'm backing you when you speak. Ah. Somebody write it down. Recognize that I am there with you in the storm. And I am backing you, but I'm waiting for you to act. Yeah, you must act on your faith. Speak to the storm. Speak to the situation. Speak to it. And say, you will not overwhelm me. And say, you will not define my life. I triumph over everything. Hallelujah. 
Exodus 15, 2-3 says, The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God. I will praise him. My father's God. I will exalt him. The Lord is the warrior. The Lord is his name. So in, in, in the midst of a storm, you declare your faith in God. In the midst of the storm, you declare your faith in God. I won't give up. Child of God, we are not giving up. Our marriages will work. No matter the storm that is blowing, it will work. No matter the challenges, we will marry you. We will marry. Even with that storm, others have gotten pregnant without womb. Yeah. I documented have five women who had child without a womb. I've, I recorded a video. We go to color print. Said, child of God, there is nothing your God can do. He brings a storm to prove to you. He said to, he said to Paul, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Wherever you are, close your eyes and pray. You are the strength of my life. I may be going through a storm, but your strength is made perfect in my weakness. I'm not giving up now. The Bible says, cast not your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. He said, for ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God, you will obtain the promise. You cannot, you cannot live your life as if as if all there is to your life is the problem. There is a way out. Say, Father, give me strength. Give me grace. I may be going through difficulties. But I'm not giving up now. I'm going through it, but I'm coming out of it. In Exodus 14, 14, it says, The Lord is fighting for you, and so be still. In these difficult transitional moments, we experience turnarounds. We experience change of levels. We experience shift. Give us strength. Give us strength. Give us strength. Give us strength. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people. That we will go through the storm, but the storm will not overwhelm us. For you have promised us that when we go through the fire and through the waters, it will not overwhelm us. You say you will be with us. Father, be with us. Bless us. Preserve us. In Jesus' name. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord. Receive strength. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.